people of Earth, your planet has to be destroyed. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, the world's most trusted conspiracy theory podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Olivia Haidar. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I am Adam Todd Brown. And I'm Olivia Haidar. Oh, and that makes us your hosts. Olivia, how's it going? Uh, You know, bad for the most part, <laughs> but not in any way that is like entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've talked about it. We have. Getting into uh, why it's bad would take an entire conspiracy the pod episode and so we cannot do that right right maybe someday but not right now not while investigations are pending (laughs) olivia thank you for being here i feel like it's been a while since we recorded together i know i feel like it has too here's the thing i recorded a bunch of stuff ahead of time so i could take a trip out of town i actually went to indianapolis for a few days among other stops i had a lot of fun good in there, there is fun to be had. I, I, I rag on that place because uh, it's the bane of my existence and, and the hate <laughs> of my life. But it, it, it has a lot of good, good qualities as well. And uh, yeah, I recorded a bunch of stuff ahead of time to compensate for that trip. And yeah. now I'm like getting back to recording. That was like a month ago. Yeah. So it's actually been a while since I've recorded with like most people. Well, there you go. And we are back at it. To talk about a thing I'm surprised I've never talked about. Um, Yeah, I'm actually shocked too. I figured you would have. We've had plenty of years to discuss the Boston Marathon bombing. I like how I revealed that as if every podcast doesn't just have a title when people click on it. Look, it's the format of podcasts. You you have to reveal the the title and subject at some point. (laughs) This happened on April 15th, 2013. Patriot's Day, your favorite movie. Yeah, I did watch about an hour of the movie because that's when I thought of watching it before the record. It's bad. It's I got that movie existed. Yeah, that's because it doesn't really make any sense that it does exist because it was made <laughs> four years after the fucking thing. Like, it's such a short turnaround on one of these, like, massacre movies. It's crazy. Yeah. That said, I'm kind of interested to watch it because I had never looked into the Boston Marathon bombing in any real way. It's always struck me as a pretty straightforward thing, and it still does. Yeah, It seems like just some domestic terrorism, which is bound to happen from time to time. (laughs) Yeah, as as ordinary as something like this could possibly be. Right. And so I'd never really looked into it, but damn, there are some movie-esque details yeah to this incident so we're going to go through the official version of events first and then we're going to dive into some of the conspiracy theories that popped up around the boston marathon bombing going to warn people right up top trigger warning skepticism i don't really think (laughs) any of the conspiracy theories around this Uh, i guess we do have to I guess we do have to warn people. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I don't think Infowars being like, this is the biggest false flag since Sandy Hook is like that credible. Yeah. And I know that disappoints people sometimes. 
But hey, take heart in knowing I still think Elvis faked his death to join witness protection. Sure. Not a total skeptic. I I would love that. That's I've long held that I would like to watch that movie. Oh, me too. 100%. So let's dive into the Boston Marathon bombing. On April 15th, 2013, at 2.49.43 p.m., that part's sort of important, I guess, a bomb exploded outside Marathon Sports on Boylston Street near the finish line of the Boston Marathon. Sorry if I'm pronouncing Boylston wrong. It's probably like Boyston in weird local Boston <laughs> accents, like how what is clearly Worcester is like Worcester. Yeah, it's Worcester. No, that's, not, that's not what well, those letters form. They, they only pronounce it that way to trick spelling bee contestants. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the only reason for that. Proper nouns shouldn't be allowed in spelling bees. I don't disagree necessarily. <laughs> Let's go on that tangent for half an hour. <laughs> I think that's what this episode needs to be. Absolutely. Be. So 14 seconds later, at 2.49.57, another explosion happens. One block further west, 755 Boylston Street. Explosions happened nearly three hours after the winning runner had crossed the finish line. Very courteous. <laughs> But also at a point when there were still 5,700 runners yet to finish. Yeah. And the explosions killed three people and injured 281 more. One of the details I didn't put in the notes, but that I found particularly stunning is the race like finished. Mm -hmm. They just at one point police diverted runners to a different course that had apparently been set up in case of emergencies. Like they diverted everyone because it would have like, what would you, what do you do? Do you just get in front of everyone and like start waving (laughs) your hands? Like, stop, stop, stop. Yeah. Like it's 5,700 people coming at you. Like, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's an interesting. Yeah. I I never thought they, they must have because you never know what might happen along that route. There could be any number of things that would interrupt a, a race like that. And not just that, but runners kept crossing the original finish line up until like 257 yeah like imagine being one of those runners and that's your finish to the boston marathon right oh i can see the finish line also what the fuck yeah is going with that guy's legs the the thing that i have had a hard time grasping when reading about this story is like how far the bombings were heard like did the other run like how much do you as a person running the boston marathon know what is like ahead of you and like do you you have you even have an opportunity to stop and especially like the closer you are to the finish line like you've been running for a long time yeah that does stuff to your psyche as totally. a experience distance, bro. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're both speaking as marathoners ourselves. Right. right. I've also read about it, but just yeah. in personal experience, <laughs> I know, as you're nearing the end of one of the many marathons I've run in my life. Right, right, right. Your thinking is going to be a little weird because you're fucking tired. But totally. Dehydrated. Yeah, your so body's you all fucked up. That. Yeah, you might hear that and just be like, oh, that was weird. Yeah. Anyway. Carrying on with this race, which yeah, I mean, totally. Because if people were still finishing eight minutes later across that original finish right. line, no, it must be happening. 
because yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to do. Yeah, me neither. Uh, it's it's. I mean, it's impossible to even think on, like think about. Honestly, I can't even imagine. Yeah, and so because the perpetrators were not captured immediately, right? The city went into a little bit of a lockdown. Residents were encouraged to stay off the streets. Airspace over Boston was restricted with departures from Logan International Airport temporarily halted. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of conspiracy theories, a a little mini one broke out almost immediately when people started claiming that cell phone service had been shut down to prevent phones from being used as detonators for additional bombings. And the truth is it was just cell phone lines were very congested because people were calling their relatives to find out if they were at the Boston Marathon and if they were okay. Yeah, and like calling the police because they heard the explosion and like, yeah, it makes sense. The FBI launched an investigation shortly thereafter, assisted by the ATF, the CIA, the NCC, which is the National Counterterrorism Center. I guess we need to look into them. Yeah, we definitely need another one one of those. We we don't got enough things that have that purpose in this country. (laughs) And also the DEA. Why the DEA? Maybe just because they had the resources to investigate. Yeah, they, they weren't busy that day, I guess. Yeah, there's no drugs in Boston. No, really no, famously drug-free city. <laughs> yeah, just a drug-free region of the country. Exactly, yeah. It's not funny. ravaged by any sort of crisis. And initially, one of the suspicions was that North Korea did this because oh, things yeah. were tense with us in North Korea at the time. God, Americans' relationships with North Korea is that it's such a bizarre phenomenon. They are they have never been a threat to us, like physically, but we keep right. expecting them to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there's a interesting documentary out there. I think it's called The Propaganda Game, mm. and it's about North Korea and how they're reporting about North Korea isn't we always do an episode about that. I think we did. That the yeah. episode? That's the, that's the movie we did the episode about with that Spanish with the, the guy. Spanish. Yeah. That Spanish guy yeah, is crazy, man. <laughs> an interesting documentary. So the government officials, when this happened said there was like no indication that a terror attack of this nature was coming. And that's probably true, but there was also this weird incident where two years earlier, Russia, as it turns out, reached out to the FBI for information about Tamerlan Sarnaev, 26, and Jokar Sarnaev, 19. They were named as the suspects in this. And once they were, the FBI basically had to issue a statement and be like, uh, we talked to them, but (laughs) we didn't really find anything too alarming. Yeah, nothing to see here. We, uh, I mean, they probably, you know, made him turn informant and then one of their informants got out of control. Oh no, this is a conspiracy theory. Uh, yeah, that's, which is not listed in our list of conspiracy theories, but yeah, weirdly that is not one of the common conspiracy theories about this, which I think if the, if anything would make sense, it would be that because they do at one point after Russia makes this inquiry, the Sarnayev brothers like travel out of the country and then come back. And at no point are they labeled suspicious yeah. or labeled as a threat. 
I mean, and not only that, but like we 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 don't have a they don't have a manifesto. We don't have any sort of clearly defined motive for them. And it seems like that would be something that officials might be interested in finding out and publicizing unless their motive might include uh, the FBI. Right. And yeah, that's like, that's the one conspiracy theory I would be inclined to believe. Like, I don't doubt it with Oklahoma City either. Like, that's sure one of the suggestions is that the FBI was there, but like, not that the FBI did it. Yeah. They were just ingrained enough in that group that they should have been able to stop it. Right. And they somehow did not. Because that's a thing we know about the FBI. Like the CIA gets all the credit for being like the super spies who sure. infiltrate anything. But, but that's like, for, you know, foreign entities. Like right. domestically the is the FBI. Is, yeah. The FBI is just domestic CIA. Yeah. Did you see Killers of the Flower Moon? No, not yet. Uh I mean, it's a spectacular movie. It's so good, but that is, in the both the book and the movie, that's uh, uh, you know a minor thing that they part of the way that they tackle the investigation is by, and this is like one of the first FBI investigations, period. And one of their main tactics was ingratiating people in the communities and getting information that way. Yeah, yeah, it's a classic FBI thing. We covered the documentary about the assassination of Malcolm X on Mm -hmm. this podcast. It was me and Atif Myers. And in that, like the FBI admits there were something like 10 FBI agents in the room when Malcolm X was assassinated. And like Elijah Muhammad's like right hand man, like his number two was also an FBI informant. Like the FBI's great at that shit. I mean, there's a reason there's the jokes about like some like certain conspicuous protests having more FBI agents than protesters at them. Like this is like a commonly well-known thing. Yeah, exactly. So as this investigation progressed, yes, it was determined that the bombs went off were improvised pressure cooker devices built by the bombers themselves using instructions found in Al Qaeda's inspire magazine i will not make the joke about saving 10 percent at checkout <laughs> yeah this is not a good time for the for those jokes i would say have, there is absolutely no benefit I, to I using <laughs> unpops at checkout that is the funniest possible name for the al-qaeda magazine though <laughs> yeah inspire <laughs> like imagine being just some fucking confused dentist yeah <laughs> a list of magazines to add to your waiting room yeah. collection and you see inspire a magazine about uplifting people of color <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah that sounds good it's like Absolutely. wait no oh my god <laughs> Imagine writing like puff pieces for Inspire, you know, like <laughs> what's what's happened today in Al Qaeda? Well, you know what? Who's who? Who? Uh, fashion Watch? You think they do like a Fashion Watch? <laughs> it's so many possibilities. Inspire magazine. That's so fucking funny. We found out later these bombs were triggered using toy car remote controls. Makes sense. 
cute little detail. <laughs> yeah, it's a adorable. <laughs> a survivor who was near where one of the bombs was placed was able to provide a description of the suspects. And the FBI later released surveillance footage of the Sarnayev brothers at the scene. I find it interesting that when they released this footage, they were like, uh, can you help us identify these two? <laughs> and it's like, you talked to them like yeah. less than two years ago. Yeah. Well, Why can't you identify them? They're on the DL. They're, they don't want to, <laughs> they don't want to talk about that part. About six hours after those photos were released, the Sarnayev brothers attacked an MIT cop yeah. in an effort to steal his gun, which is crazy because they also shot him six times. Right. Which implies they had a gun. Well, but there's two of them. So, you know. So they, and so you, of all the people, I'm pretty sure you could still buy guns at Walmart at this point. Just go take one from some fucking hapless cashier. Yeah, like, totally. Why go after a cop? I get that he's like a college cop and that's like not real, but still like why take that guy's gun uh yeah i don't know i mean it, it feels like maybe they just ran into him you know like it yeah, you know like it wasn't like a planned thing they just were like oh oh no here's a guy in a uniform we gotta fuck him up yeah could be so that guy died from his injuries yeah and they were ultimately unable to remove his gun because the holster probably had like a fingerprint reader or something on it that prevented that. Well, that's, that's why they weren't able to get his gun because it had some sort of security mechanism. Yeah. I figure like a lock. I didn't know if it was like a thing. I didn't know that they could do fingerprint readers in those things. It seems like that would be the fastest option. Well, but we're yeah. also talking 2013. Was that even like as much sure, of a thing? 20 fingerprint readers in 2013. Well, no, but I mean yeah. like, but like small ones that you can like wear. Okay. I think so. I don't know. I the past is a is an illusion to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is all that's before I moved to LA. Like it's so much of my life has changed. It's, it's crazy. Different time, yeah. Yeah, it's right after I moved to LA. And even I'm like, oh, what a different time. Right. I was such a different person. So he died from his injuries, as I mentioned. After that. They carjacked a Chinese national named Danny Meng mm. and took him hostage with plans to take his car to Times Square and set off more explosives. But they also stopped for gas now, first. That's a drive. Is there a, yeah, I was gonna say, is there a Times Square in Boston or are they, do they mean New York City? They mean New York. Oh, okay. So it, it was going to be quite a drive. Yeah. And they stopped to get gas and Danny Meng is probably very rightly afraid that they're going to, you know, kill him somewhere yeah. between Boston and Times Square. I mean, I think so it's never a great idea to a great feeling to be like trapped with two guys with guns who want your car. Yeah. yeah, absolutely not. And so he not only escapes and gets to a local or an, another nearby gas station to ask them to call 911. But he also left his phone in the car and it's far enough in to modern times where police can just track that cell phone yeah. as it moves. And they eventually track the Sarnayev brothers down to a small town in Massachusetts called Watertown. Mm -hmm. And at that point, a goddamn movie style shootout with police yeah. ensues. This 
of course, is all according to police. So take it with a grain of salt. Yes. But they claim the Sarnayev brothers fired 56 times, detonated at least one pressure cooker bomb, and threw five crude grenades, three of which exploded. Speaking of movie-style details, Tamerlan Sarnayev's participation in this shootout ended when he ran out of ammunition and subsequently threw his empty gun at a nearby cop, at which point he was tackled and taken into custody. Because they knew he didn't have a gun with bullets in it anymore. (laughs) That's why you don't throw your gun at people. Once you're throwing your gun in that... Like, how many movies has that been in? It has. It's such a trope. It's been made fun of relentlessly in other things. Like, not just by people, but, like, in other movies and TV shows. Like, Venture Brothers has several jokes about people throwing guns. Like, it's very funny to think about it happening in real life because it doesn't really make any sense from any tactic. Even if you're losing from a tactic, it makes more sense to hold the gun as a bludgeoning weapon than to throw it because yeah it's tough to like throw something and have it like you know do damage (laughs) (laughs) exactly and it actually gets worse for tamerlan sarnayev Uh, yeah because his younger brother jokar at this point gets in the stolen suv behind the wheel and not only drives off but drives off in the direction of the police And what we find out later is that he thought he was driving toward a bunch of cops performing CPR on an injured cop. Yeah. He was actually driving toward the cops arresting his brother. Yeah. And the cops try to drag his brother out of the way of the car and they are unsuccessful. Yeah. And so Jokar Sarnayev hits his brother with the SUV and like drags him a little bit before he finally like just falls free. And so that's what killed Tamerlan Sarnayev. Yeah. Was him being hit by the SUV driven by his brother, but his brother gets away. Yeah. And at that point, authorities launch a search effort that involved cordoning off a 20 block area of Watertown, Massachusetts and sending police and SWAT teams door to door to search houses looking for Jokar Sarnayev. And you might be asking, was that legal? Was that legal? It sure was, according to the ACLU. Exigent circumstances, they call it. If there is an imminent danger to the community or if a suspect's escape is imminent, police can execute warrantless searches on homes. And there's apparently like a little nuance to it where you can technically say no. Sure. If the police show up in this situation, but who's going to do that? That like that would take, I mean, even, and even if you do say no, they could be like, Oh, we didn't hear you. And they're going to come in anyway. Like you're not going to win an argument against a bunch of dudes in fucking SWAT gear. That is not how that works. And there was someone at the time who put a YouTube video up that has since been removed. Who was like, yeah, they asked, but also I had guns pointed at my face when they asked. Exactly. So like, Who's going to who's going to turn that request down? They also there were people who questioned the legality of them issuing stay at home orders. Yeah. And 
we'll link to the article. It's really interesting, mostly because they bring up that that's a thing that normally happens in the case of a pandemic. They... People at home. But this was 2013. Right. And the little nuance there that made it legal was that it wasn't mandatory. Sure. Like you weren't going to get shot if you went out on the streets during that stay at home order. But in this case, you probably you might have been probably shot. definitely going to get shot if you <laughs> if you fucked up on this day. And what's crazy is all of these warrantless searches yield zero results. Right. But they still end up finding Jokar Sarnayev at someone's house. Yeah. He was just hiding in the boat parked outside, which how do you not look there? I would definitely look there for, before the house. The homeowner noticed that the tarp covering was a little bit loose and was like, well, that's strange. And he looked under and saw a body laying in a pool of blood. Yeah. And so he called the police. The police surround the boat and shot at it for anywhere from a few minutes to like a goddamn hour, depending on who you ask. And it was initially claimed that Sarnayev was shooting back. Right. And that he started firing, and that's why they shot. But then when he was taken into custody, he didn't have a gun. So that story kind of fell apart. I just love to think about, like, you're 45 minutes into this, like, and then, like, people are just, Popping off the occasional round at this point. The the, the long stream of gunfire is up, but every once in a while somebody's like, eh, yeah. and there's like still 15 minutes left. <laughs> and what it ended up being is a thing that we also saw at like Waco. Yeah. Where one person shot when he shouldn't have. And then what happened next is called contagious fire where everyone's in this high stress situation, guns pointed and they hear one shot and they're like fucking go time. Yeah. And I don't remember, was it Waco or Ruby Ridge? It's crazy that the government did that like twice in the span of two years, but I think it was Ruby Ridge where they had the cabin surrounded and like one guy shot at a dog. Yeah. And everyone else was like, all right, time to shoot time to and go. just start shooting the fucking house up. I mean, that sounds more like Ruby Ridge than Waco. Uh, yeah, that's basically not that's not really how Waco exactly went down, but close. I mean, but I think it's there like was, it was super far off. I think there was like some contagious gunfire. No, absolutely. No, there definitely was. It was. Different I just don't think that I think it was Ruby Ridge where a dog yeah. caused it. Either way, that's what happens here, too. And Sarnayev gets shot in the head, neck, legs, and hand. Oh, good. But he survived. That's crazy. It, it's always crazy because it happens occasionally. But it's always crazy when someone gets shot in the head and then survives. Like, that, that just is never nuts. Not nuts. And that's the thing. There were so many conspiracy theory voices at the time were like, here's what's going to happen next. They're going to say there's another suspect out there, but he's going to be shot dead before... They have a chance to talk to him. And in this case, they tried to shoot him dead and it failed. Yeah. But then what? Like he didn't No. Nothing about him talking like what shook the world to its core. Right. What are the answers? Like what answers are you going to really get? It, you know, there's never re- like with something like this, 
it, you know, the, the, the reasons are never as coherent as the emotion behind it. Like just it's, this guy is pissed off and, and, and also the suggestion that, Oh, well, police are going to kill him because he's got stuff to say that the authorities don't want to come out. That's such an easy guess yeah. because the police kill people in situations like this. That's true. This is a guy who has killed a cop yeah. already yes. and has fired at several other cops, Yeah, probably injured a bunch of other cops. And now a bunch of angry cops have him surrounded and right. they are just waiting for the moment when they can get some retribution Absolutely. for him killing another cop. And then they do. And, and they do. And so to be like, the police are going to kill him because there's something to hide. It's like, no, the police are going to kill him because the police are police. Exactly. That's what the police do. Exactly. And in this case, it just failed. <laughs> they just, it just didn't work. Not for lack of trying. Yeah. He didn't like reveal the details of some nefarious no. plot after he was not. Because he's just some angry fucking asshole. Just some moron yeah. who got uh, found his excuse for violence. Like, I, I'm still inclined to believe a lot of conspiracy theories about the government actually start with the government. Yeah. Because in a case like this, you send all these people off on, oh, well, what, what was really behind this? What was the government's thinking in this? When the question you should be asking is, why was this dude so mad? Yeah. Because people aren't mad at the United States because of our freedom. Right. I know that's what we started saying well, after 9-11 was they're just mad that we get to like put titties on magazine covers yeah. or whatever. And, and, but, and luckily all of that rhetoric is dead and has not been resurrected in any capacity in the last month. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. Things are so chill for Muslims in this country. Yep. And so a police source eventually said the shots were fired in the fog of war. Yeah, totally buddy. Like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and Sarnayev was tried and eventually convicted on 30 different charges and sentenced to death. But the death sentence was eventually overturned yeah. on the grounds that a judge's refusal to move the case to a different city meant he couldn't get a fair trial. Yes. And I agree with that. Absolutely. At 100%. I mean, for one thing, the death penalty is literally never justified. But even right. still... Like, especially in this case, you're trying the man in fucking Boston. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. <laughs> you can't fucking do that. That is not how that works. You probably can't get a fair shoplifting trial if you're a Muslim <laughs> in Boston at this Absolutely. point. Absolutely. Jesus. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So again, this seems like a pretty straightforward thing. Yeah. Like this eventually was chalked up to extremist beliefs. They were never tied to any specific group. Nope. And that all seems to track, but also a ton of conspiracy theories started popping up after this. And you got to take into account this is 2013. So Infowars is like right. at the height 
of their powers. Yes. Like this is right before social media networks start cracking down on <laughs> cracking down on misinformation. Sure. Uh, at least misinformation they can't profit from. <laughs> well, of course, naturally. Yeah. The, I brought up an example on last week's bonus episode about Google and the pandemic video. Yeah. I did an episode about the pandemic video. And when I was searching for it on Google, the conservatives were right. If you just check the Google search results, you could go for pages and pages and pages and not find an actual link yeah. to pandemic. But Olivia, you know where I found it? Where? In a sponsored ad at the top of the page. <laughs> so Google would take money to of let course. you promote pandemic. They're just not going to promote it for free. Oh, man. That's very funny. <laughs> classic, classic tech. Classic tech. Not ruining so, the world at all. Not at all. And so the conspiracy theories, given that this was 2013, just come in fucking hot and heavy right away. Yeah. The first was that this was a false flag. Right. And that came from InfraWars correspondent Dan Bidnandi, who asked the following question at a fucking press conference <laughs> held by the Massachusetts government over this incident. Is this another false flag staged attack to take our civil liberties and promote homeland security while sticking their hands down our pants on the streets? What? A Imagine if the guy had been like, yeah. It is. <laughs> uh, Boston Globe, next question. Would Moving that on. be, would, would, do you think that InfoWars would even be like mentally able to consider that a victory if that happened? Like, <laughs> I don't know if their brains would be able to compute like a, just a straightforward yes answer to this, this insane question. Like the phrasing of this question is so bug nuts. And what civil liberties are we going to lose over this? We can't carry well, pressure cookers around no, in public. I will say, here's the thing. I like when it comes to Infowars, especially during this time period, like, you know, yeah, sure. They, they are going to use this attack to like they, they to violate their civil liberties. The, we just talked about the cops illegally searching houses. I mean, well, I'm sorry, legally searching houses. Thank you. Like, you know, Sure, but that does. But you sound like a lunatic when you're like, "Is this another false flag?" Like, what? The, it's just insane. Yeah, it's. And again, that's like such low hanging fruit because you know the government has a long, long, long history of in response to things like this. Yeah, they do kind of strip away yeah. our civil liberties, but it's not that they strip them away; we give them away. Right. And it's in exchange for safety from stuff right. like this. Exactly. And so it's really easy to be that conspiracy theory guy who's like, look what's going to happen next. We're going to start losing civil liberties. And it's like, yeah, it's because that's the actual United States we live in. Right. Like, that's just what we do. So you're not like predicting anything. You're not right no. about anything. No, exactly. And, and also, like, obviously, we know from how their politics play out in the long run that they're not actually worried about civil liberties getting stripped away from everybody, just from, you know, the people that they think about and care about right. and matter. Like it, they care about white people losing civil liberties. They don't really care about anybody else losing civil liberties. Correct. 
This was a theory that was also pushed by then New Hampshire state legislator Stella Tremblay. Yeah. Who seems like she deserves an entire episode of this podcast <laughs> all yeah. to herself. Yeah, I was not familiar with her before reading about her in these notes, and she's a character. Yeah. <laughs> she took this claim a step further, and as evidence to prove that this was a false flag attack, there was one guy who lost both of his legs yeah. in this bombing. And she was like, that looks fake. That looks, that looks like he's probably faking those injuries. Totally. It's like, you think he's faking losing both legs? He blew him off on purpose to make, uh, to <laughs> make his son safe. Yeah, she was a fucking character. In addition to the Boston Marathon claims, she also once emailed a doctored video of Obama admitting, and I put mm-hmm. that in air quotes, mm-hmm. that that he was not born in the United States to her other 399 state house members saying it was sufficient evidence to open an investigation. She also had a history advisor on her staff claimed Abe Lincoln one dissolved the United States and two never freed the slaves. (laughs) And also queen Elizabeth II still controls the U S (laughs) government. Now, these are the kinds of conspiracies that I honestly don't mind at all, <laughs> because what's the harm that that it's just so outside and divorced from reality that, you know, you're just making up historical fan fiction at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, OK, so Abe Lincoln dissolved the United States. So where are you living right now? <laughs> what is- well, I mean, that means you're you're just like free to secede without like you don't you sure. I guess don't have all Do the it. government mechanisms. You can just yeah. be like, hey, our own country now. Absolutely, go ahead, please, please do. I would love to see it. <laughs> like that's that's what that's my response. Like, okay, sure, have fun, see what happens. Like, have fun getting <laughs> invaded by the National Guard of the other forty nine states. They wouldn't even need the entire National Guard. <laughs> they get one reservist base out there and they're fine. <laughs> Jesus. So there's always in a situation like this going to be a conspiracy theory that claims, well, the organizers knew this was going to happen. Sure. It's and that now, is an extremely human reaction to something like this. And they obviously just let it happen. And it's like, why? Why right. they, they let it happen? Doesn't but, make any sense. In this case, that theory was based on an interview that we'll link to where there is a witness who was at the Boston Marathon. He was running in the Boston Marathon. He finished before the bomb went off. And at the very end of his interview with this local Alabama news outlet, he's like, you know, the morning of they had bomb sniffing dogs by the start of the race, like at the, the start line of the race. And I've never seen that before. I've been to a bunch of marathons and I've never seen that. So that was weird. And people are like, see? (laughs) And it's like, man, bomb sniffing dogs are at every fucking major event, whether you see them or not. Right. Like if it's a big enough event. Yeah. Especially post 9-11. Someone's checking for goddamn bombs. Exactly. They had fucking, I don't know, I didn't see a bomb sniffing dog, but they had huge gated security at uh alien con (laughs) yeah yeah i've been to several events at sofi stadium and not one single time have i not passed a gaggle of bomb sniffing dogs yeah 
And it's like a cab includes dogs, but they also look like such good boys. It's not their fault. They're, they're, they're victims as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my basic stance on police dogs. They are, they are victims of the state. True. Yeah. I'll take that. (laughs) And yeah, they're like, just because this guy had never seen them at a marathon doesn't mean. Yeah. They've never been there. Doesn't mean the organizers planned. No. The Boston Marathon bombing to what? And like, imagine right. being an organizer of the Boston Marathon yeah. and being like, you know what would be cool this year? Yeah. Fucking bombs. Yeah. Like fireworks, but like bigger. Yeah. That'll and, help our event thrive in the yeah. future. And then like, and then like you're sitting down to pr- plan the next Boston Marathon. Oh, oh, yeah. no one wants to come to our marathon anymore. <laughs> and there's always the claim and they make it here too that, oh, well, they were running a drill before this. And it's like, why the fuck would you plan something like this and run a drill ahead of time? <laughs> well, you want to let everyone know that there will be an explosion. <laughs> There's also the naked man conspiracy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And here's what this is based on. In a situation like this where the police are involved in a manhunt. Yes. And they're already fucking high strung emotional level that they go into their day-to-day work with right is so much more heightened what sometimes happens is they target the wrong person when they're conducting their manhunt and in this case there is grainy ass video of them taking a naked guy into custody who looks a little bit like tamalan sarnayev Mm mm-hmm The reason he's naked is because the police told him to get naked because they were worried he might have bombs on him or something. Like they put flak jackets on before they approached him. And it was just a dude who was in the wrong place at the wrong time sitting in his car who sort of looked like one of the Sarnayev brothers. Wrong, wrong place, wrong time, wrong complexion. And he actually got off kind of easy because I will remind people that when the LAPD was doing a manhunt for Christopher Dorner. Yeah. And I think this was actually the Torrance PD that did this because it happened in Torrance, but Torrance PD and LAPD, that's, that's like peanut butter and jelly. Like the Torrance <laughs> PD are the cops that rough up NWA and straight out of Compton. Right. It's not yes. even the LAPD. So Torrance they're, PD are they're basically the team. LA Torrance is part of LA. <laughs> they, they, LA County. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so Torrance PD at one point during the Christopher Dorner manhunt, shot up two Asian women who were delivering newspapers Jesus. because they were driving an SUV similar to one that was tied to Christopher Dorner. And I think they were like by a cop's house right. or something. Sure. And so they killed two Asian women in the manhunt for Christopher Dorner. So if they can make Ridiculous. that mistake, this is a much easier mistake yeah. to make. And it's just mind boggling that this guy didn't get shot. It's yeah, awesome. it, he's he's lucky in, in that sense. And I think it's probably they probably knew there were cameras around. Sure. Because the footage was shot by a CNN reporter. Yeah. So that's probably why things went so smooth. There weren't any reporters. Right. They found Jokar in that boat. Yes. There's also the New York Post conspiracy. Yeah, this is one of the this is one of the larger lasting like legacies of of this bombing. I think is that again people were so quick to jump on any lead that they went after people who didn't do anything. 
Yeah. Yeah. The New York Post just straight up put two people's pictures on the cover of their newspaper and were like, these are the suspects. This yeah. is who did it. I remember this. And they identified one of them as a Saudi national. And they were actually like Moroccan born <laughs> high school kids who just lived in the area Jesus. and like ran track. Hence their interest in the Boston Marathon. Poor kids. Like if like this was debunked by other media outlets almost immediately. Right. Like I think it was Gawker that was like, hey, go to go to that kid's Facebook page and tell yeah. me how much of a bomber <laughs> that person looks like. Like he was posting pictures of himself at the Boston Marathon. Sure. And they were cleared by media outlets, but people have like I mean. carried this on. And like there's suggestions that like John Kerry and Obama both met with like Saudi officials after this happened. And it's like, yeah, I bet if an American media outlet identified the Boston marathon bomber <laughs> as a Saudi national, I bet Saudi Arabia had some questions. Right. One of them being, why aren't you asking about nine 11? <laughs> and then saying, thank you for not asking about nine 11. <laughs> yeah. Here's some more money. They're like, you know what? We'll take credit for this one. <laughs> this is fine. Yeah. This is small potatoes. Yeah, this is nothing. Yeah, Saudi Arabia probably did 9-11. Yeah. <laughs> There's also Uncle Rosalon, who he is an interesting figure. Yeah. There's a conspiracy theory site of the day. We'll link to their investigation. Ruslan Sarni, he was an uncle of the Sarnayev brothers. And it seems like he was rightly identified as kind of a bad dude. Yeah. With some unsavory connections. But I invite anyone, we'll link to the article. I invite anyone to read it and tell me where it says what that has to do with these bombings. <laughs> it's all just, can you believe how bad this guy is? This guy sucks. Can you, believe the connect can you believe the connections he has? And it's like, wait till you hear about bin Laden's connections. <laughs> that that should raise some eyebrows too. Yeah. And like, there's nothing in this article. It's, I was shocked it still exists. Yeah. Because yeah. like, that's one of the big lies about the internet is, well, once it's on the internet, it's there forever. Bullshit. Not if someone stops paying their GoDaddy hosting fees. <laughs> yeah. No, disappear real quick. So much lost stuff on the internet. But this article's still out there. You can go read it. It's interesting. Like, yeah. if everything they say is true, this guy does seem like a shady character. But yeah. there's nothing in the article about what that, like, what would have motivated them to act on his behalf right. to bomb the Boston Marathon. Yeah, there's lots of bad people in the world, but they don't all uh, commit terrorist acts. Right. And... The last one I want to talk about, there's a few more, but there was also this conspiracy theory about memorial pages yeah. being set up before the bombing actually happened. And this is an easy one. Facebook, at least at the time, if you set up a page, you could decide when it was launched, like right? what date the public saw. So you could launch a Facebook page today, but set the launch date to show as the day before, sure. for example. And so... There were a couple Facebook memorial pages that were set up a little too early in people's opinion. <laughs> and that is proof of a conspiracy, which I think leads to an obvious question. Why would you set up a memorial page if yeah. you're people doing the conspiracy? You don't. Yeah, you don't have to do that. 
Facebook, yeah. like this is 2013. Facebook is technically still new at this point, like, you know, fairly new at this point, like it less than 10 else. years. It's like at the height of its powers. Exactly. Less than 10 years old. So like you do not like if you're doing a conspiracy, you have no reason to make memorial pages at all. So, you know, this doesn't really follow. And like, I just it's this it's a thing that we run into where people are just like, uh, these people are all powerful and all knowing and they do all of these insanely intricate conspiracies and they left all of the clues to find. Yeah, that part is always inexplicable. Like, why would they leave clues? It doesn't make any sense. This is such an easy, if they are that, if they are that, uh, clever in their planning, why wouldn't they think of this part? And I'm curious, what civil liberties did we lose (laughs) because of the Boston Marathon bombing? Right. None. Not because of they, we were, it, it just demonstrated which ones we were already losing because of the Patriot Act and the war on terror. Yeah. I mean, there's a Hoover Institution article about it. And like, I get that that's, I mean, that sounds like an official outlet, but it seems like their only point is what's well, going to lead to increased surveillance and more racial and ethnic profiling. Totally. And it's like, yeah, because the United States needs a push in that direction. Yeah, we weren't doing that already. That, yeah. That's for like, sure. That actually seems mostly un related yeah. to me like 9-11 put all that shit in place if yes. nothing else like yes there's there's to quote the foo fighters third album there's nothing left to lose <laughs> like the government's been spying on us for a long time exactly. i don't like I, I don't i can't imagine like what kind of additional impact the boston marathon bombing really would have had none and especially like not in a way that the government couldn't have just done on their own anyway. Exactly. Like we don't, and we're we don't doing it from happening. Right. The, this the, government operates unchecked. Absolutely. And if you even try to check them on anything in any capacity, even by refusing to vote, people will freak out at you about it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, no, this is not a thing that changed anything. Yeah, I don't think the Boston Marathon bombing is what made us all put ring doorbell cameras exactly. in Jesus. front of our houses. Fucking it's not why doorbells. Amazon outfits all of their vans with surveillance cameras. Right. Like, th- this had nothing to do with it. Like, we were headed that way anyway. 100%. This just, like, it gives people something to talk about. Yeah. It's content, basically. Case in point. This episode that we're doing right hey, now. Hey, at least we're 10 years on making the content. You know, <laughs> exactly. like these people are like in the heat of the moment being like, it's all fake. Yeah, I think we're more critiquing the content yes. and even the, the content from the Hoover Institute. Yeah. That's like, oh, this is going to lead to more government surveillance. Like yeah. they can also shut up. And again, like, none of these even come uh, like we, we found our own conspiracy in this episode of that they were probably FBI informants. <laughs> like, honestly, yeah. that, like the more that I've thought about that as we've talked about this, like the more that I just am going back to, yeah, no, they were probably FBI informants. And that's why we never really learned anything concrete about them at all, even though we yeah. knew their names. And like, we apparently knew their it, 
it just doesn't make any sense. So yeah, and the one one of the articles we'll link to that talks about that idea of well, why didn't the FBI like flag them when they came back into the country? Yeah, this article dismisses it as people like giving government bureaucracy too much credit. Sure. And that's always such a lazy argument to me. The idea yeah. that, oh, the government's not organized enough to pull off stuff like this. And it's well, like, tell it to private prisons. Like, I don't think that the government is organized enough to pull off some of the things that, you know, we've talked about as far as conspiracies go. But I don't think that what, you know, them being an FBI informant necessarily means that they are like, I don't think that requires any sort of com complexity that's business as usual for them. Yeah. So it's not like they're doing anything out of the ordinary to make this a conspiracy, quote unquote. Now, even though none of the stuff we've talked about so far seems to hold any weight, sure. we are on next week's bonus episode covering another Boston Marathon related investigation that seems like it might be a little more compelling. Yeah. There is a recent documentary series, it's on Hulu right now, called The Murders Before the Marathon. And it's about journalist Susan Zalkind and her investigation into whether a triple homicide that happened shortly before the marathon bombings was one, perpetrated by the Sarnayev brothers, and two, whether if police had investigated that murder a little more thoroughly, could that have prevented the Boston Marathon bombing. Yeah. With the idea being, well, they would have been in custody for this and it probably would have stopped the even bigger tragedy that happened next. Although yeah. in terms of body count, three, three, both times. <laughs> that is true. That is three, both times. Yeah. Uh, that's an interesting theory. I, I'm looking forward to watching that movie. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. And at first I was assuming like maybe uncle Rosalind is involved in that, but it yeah. seems like he's not. It seems like he's not no. a part of that story, but we'll find out. I totally. have not seen it going in cold. It, I mean, and, it, it on the just on the surface, it makes sense that uh, two murderers might murder more people. Yes. So exactly. And we will be covering that with a special guest, Heather Maruli. Nice. We'll have a guest next time. So that's fun. And yeah, in the meantime, I don't believe any of these conspiracy theories no. about the Boston Marathon bombing, except the one that except they might have been. Yep. Um, and I think that's our episode. Olivia, thank you so much. Thank you. This is fun. For doing the pod. What do we have to plug before we get out of here? Uh, um, yeah. I have adamtobbrown.substack.com. That's all I got. Olivia, okay. what about you? Uh, my My Twitter is locked. Uh, currently, Free Palestine. That's oh, my plug. is that why it's locked? No, I'm just saying that's my plug. Free Palestine. I concur. And I think that's it. Should we get the fuck out of here? We should. Yes. Olivia, say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. People of Earth, your planet is about to be destroyed.